Hello, everyone, and welcome to Something New. This is going to be so exciting. We have been looking forward to this for, like, months at this point. We are playing <laughs> Absurdia, which is a wild game made by our dear friend Quinn, who Woo. is the GM of the show Monster Hour, which is one of my favorite uh, Monster of the Week slash Absurdia now shows. This has a whole... <laughs> A full show of Monster of the Week. You should go check it out. It's so good. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. I loved your first season, by the way, Quinn. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Quinn, would you like to introduce yourself any more than that and tell us a little bit about the game? Sure, I would love to. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Quinn. I am the writer and designer of Absurdia, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. It is an absurdist uh, fantasy role-playing game centered around the inane hilarity and understated horror of everyday life. When you play this game, you play as people trapped in like a, a suburban town that is unmoored from space and time and racked by the uh, surreal entropy of chaos. Uh, it is uh, inspired by works of uh, surrealism and absurdism like Welcome to, Light Welcome to Night Vale, Alice in Wonderland, and Gravity Falls. And I am super stoked to be playing it with you all today. Uh, as Susanna mentioned, uh, I am also the uh, GM producer of Monster Hour, which is a actual play podcast. We did Monster of the Week, which I imagine uh, listeners are all, all very, very familiar with. Uh, in our first Most season, uh, we had a good uh, two and a half year run. And then we decided to play Absurdia for our second season, which is uh, we are now on episode... 15, I think, at the, the time awesome. of this recording. So, yeah, that's me, and I am super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Now, we are super excited to be doing this as well. Like, as soon as you, like, announced this, I was like, we need to get Quinn to come run this for us. Yes. <laughs> so we were, like, so excited as soon as we saw this. Because, like, I, my first podcast ever was Welcome to Night Vale. Me too. Like, actually. that was the first podcast I ever listened to. Because a friend of mine was like, oh, this is this cool absurdist thing. Mm. And I am a big fan of, like, absurdist stuff like Terry Pratchett and that kind of yeah. thing. Like, it is very much exactly, like, in my wheelhouse. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I have not finished the first season of... Uh, Monster Hour. So I haven't listened to any of the Absurdia playthrough yet, but Andrew has, and he's been really, yes. really enjoying yeah, the it. The Absurdia playthrough you guys have been doing has been buck wild. It's been <laughs> great. That is the goal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope I gave you enough threads to pull on with my uh, my wall of text, Quinn, without ruining the game <laughs> or, or ruining me. There are plenty of threads to pull on here. We'll see if we can unravel the whole thing. I think we're going to have a ton of fun. Uh, do you want to start off, tell us just a tiny bit about the game, and then go ahead and get us into it? Yeah, definitely. So Absurdia is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, uh, very similar to, to Monster of the Week in structure. Uh, you have some basic stats. You have some basic moves. Uh, you There's a few elements that are a little bit different for, for listeners just to be aware of. Um, in addition to harm, you have a... Uh, a second track, which is called Essence. Each playbook has its own specific essence, and that really represents kind of like the the internal reservoir that your particular character and playbook has that lets you sort of like survive in this absurd, surreal town. Um, you know, a lot of folks, you know, make make their their day to day lives in whatever the town is. Generic town is sort of absurdia. 
you know, to really like go out and uh, investigate the cosmic horrors and, you know, deal with the eldritch bureaucracy and, and contend with like the, the, the surreality of the town to go head to head with it. You have, you know, you got to be someone special, not just kind of your every town resident. And so essence really represents that element. And uh, you can use essence to do uh, a couple things. You can use it to like luck and monster of the week, avoid harm from an attack. You can use it to push yourself to roll uh, 3d6 and discard the lowest die. So uh, sort of have the ability to, um, you know, uh, uh, push yourself. <laughs> yeah, boost your odds a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it's used for certain playbook moves. If you run out of essence, you get fractures. We might get to that. I don't know. We'll see how hard you all go. <laughs> yeah. And your character can only become so fractured until you break. Uh, Absurdia also has uh, faction mechanics. So if anyone's familiar with Urban Shadows or Root, uh, there are four factions in the game and kind of like some of the the bigger picture uh, social engagement moves, uh, their faction moves. Um, The faction system kind of takes that up and runs with it to expand the social dynamics beyond just like, you know, persuading one person to do something. Uh, other than that, you know, folks who are familiar with Monster of the Week will probably feel pretty at home in Absurdia, uh, and I'm I'm excited for you all to to listen. So I think with that, we can go ahead and jump in. Uh, why don't we have folks uh, introduce their characters? Would anyone okay. like to go first? Right. Leslie, you go first. I am playing the Vox. Uh, so this is the character that is uh, very heavily based off, uh, as Night Vale was mentioned, Cecil Baldwin from yeah. Night Vale. Um, <laughs> he he is the uh, he's the local radio program DJ slash host slash voice of the people kind of kind of character and mm. <laughs> debatable. He's 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 interesting. He's um he's a terribly curious guy. He's he's you know friendly to the townspeople, but you know the the radio program and his you know his little. His little piece of normal is the radio station, and that's kind of been his whole life for, for, for a long, long time. And it's, I, I like to think that he treats that as kind of, even with all the weirdness in this town, you know, he sits behind the mic and all of a sudden it's like, okay, no matter what I'm reporting today, uh, this, this is normal. This is good. I can, I can, I understand how this works. <laughs> um, and so, but and he's also, he's, he's very, he's very popular as well as, um, due to one of my moves, he's actually very popular in town. So he knows, he knows a fair amount of people. He's got, he's got a couple contacts in his back pocket that he might want to pull out in the future, but. All right. I, I'm interested to see how he might clash with uh, with these other characters from what I know of them. So, All right. <laughs> and what is his name? Oh, I'm I am so sorry. I do that. Did I? Do, that's like the third time I've done you that for, for for ones like this. I'll go through all the description and never say it. Uh, his name is Ace Griffin. Is his name? Mm-hmm. Very good cool. radio personality name. Yeah, that is a great name that for is. radio. Yeah, I'll go to appearance when we're actually in it. But yeah, sounds okay. good. Andrew? I'll go next, yeah. So, I am playing, uh, my playbook is called The Scrapper, and I am playing a a kind of a grumpy old man named Marv Hollis, pun intended. Say it fast. 
marvelous. <laughs> Sorry. Very nice. Incredible. But yeah, so Marv is uh, just kind of this grumpy old man who lives on the edge of town. He literally lives in the junkyard. Um, that's where his workshop is based. And he just tinkers. He likes to to take kind of the... Uh, the, the cast-off components of the town and the junk and try to make things out of it. I think probably his biggest feature, I'll say, is that he has... Uh, one of his moves is called Gear, Gearheart Companion, and he has a... Let's see, I'm going to read the move just because I really like how it says it. Uh, oh, I have you. a... I've befriended and mostly tamed a feral machine from the streets... Choose an option from the list below and work uh, with the GM to come up with your own idea. Um, if I want to, um, I chose one of the one of the, uh, the the pre-generated ones. So I have a scooter. Um, you can never be surprised, ambushed, or otherwise caught off guard while in the presence of your companion. So I wanted to bring this one up specifically because, um, as many of you who listen to this show and our you know all of our shows by now know, I like to come up with acronyms for things when it makes sense. Boy, does he! <laughs> so, um, my uh, my scooter's name is Lars, which stands for Loyal Animated Robot Steed. So we've got Lars and Marv. Some uh, some similarity in the name there. Hmm. So uh, yeah, so Lars is uh, is my scooter. It's uh, just kind of a. Uh, I was thinking kind of like uh, either an electric or gas like moped, almost if that makes sense. Not like a like a manual scooter, if that if that works. Totally. But yeah, so so Lars uh, Lars is my buddy. Um, I saved him from the streets back in the day, and now we we hang out all the time. And he, he's mostly tame. Uh, sometimes he. Uh, he gets a little antsy and I gotta sometimes I gotta kinda calm him down, but uh he, he's helped get me out of some tight spots before. But other than that, I just like to invent and make a bunch of weird stuff. As I said, I'm just kinda this grumpy old cootish man on the end of town. So, so that's me. Amazing. Susanna. I don't like the word cootish. Cootish. <laughs> I just need to say that. I'm a grumpy old coot. Not- I'm slightly unpleasant sound to it. I know. It does. Yeah, I, I just kind of rolled with it. I don't know if I just invented that or not, but. It's horrible. All right. Uh, hi. I am playing the Bureaumancer, which is the first playbook in the book. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, I want it. I need this. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I know in Planes of Fate, which is our Patreon show, but my favorite thing is like weird or fantastical like fantasy bureaucracy. <laughs> I don't know why I love it, but I love it so much. <laughs> and so as soon as I saw this, I was like, I'm being the bureaumancer. I'm going to be that guy. And so I am playing Theodore Dunham. And uh, Theodore Dunham works for the Department of Transportation. And he is, you know that guy that says Bueller? Yeah, you know, that teacher, yeah. yeah. I think his uh-huh. name is Ben Stein. Ben Stein is I believe. the actor. Uh, yeah. yep. um, that guy. Like, that guy, think like that guy, or think of like Larry from the new Pokemon game. The, yep. the, the Violet and what? What is it? Scarlet Pokemon? and Violet. Scarlet and Violet, yeah. He's that guy. <laughs> he's just the most boring, like, re- weirdly relaxed 
bureaucrat and i am i'm so looking forward to playing this character it is going to be so much fun uh hannah why don't you introduce your character oh boy um where do i start (laughs) playbook (laughs) uh good good yes i will be playing the rascal which i am very excited about I sent a screenshot of one of my moves uh, to the group chat and said, I'm about to make this everybody else's problem. So that is the energy <laughs> I am bringing to the table. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> yes. That is quite frequently the energy you bring to the table. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, but I'm bringing it intentionally this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will be playing Hendrix. Uh, she is the rascal, and that move uh, that I'm going to make everybody's problem is called Nose for Trouble, <laughs> and it says, once per session, you may ask the GM what course of action would cause the most trouble. As long as you're following that course of action, take plus one ongoing. If you see it through to the end, mark experience. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, so, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Oof. And I have a couple other moves like make believe where basically I can kind of like warp reality according to whatever I can like come up with with my imagination. Oh boy. And I have an imaginary friend that I'm very excited about, but I want to save that reveal for later. Oh, love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm very excited. Both the, the rascal and the scrapper, I haven't seen played as much as some of the other playbooks. And I, I, ah. I mean, I love all the playbooks, but... Uh, I love both of those, and so I'm very excited to see these two get a little more, uh, a little more nice. play. Awesome! I'm yeah, glad that we I'm got to pick some of the uh, then that haven't been shown as much yet. Yeah. All right. With that, I think we're ready to jump in. Let's go. All right. As folks know, I am a big fan of cold opens. However, one of my favorite things about this game is there's a uh, not built in but uh, implied mechanic or or avenue for cold opens uh and we happen to have a vox amongst our party here so uh i'm gonna invite wesley to read our cold open on air it's exciting the camera might be uh panning in to some some house somewhere or maybe uh maybe the town hall or something and it's got an old an old radio there there's static coming through it but then it comes in with the with this really cheesy like intro music and then you hear a voice say construction broke ground on the new mult on the new municipal bridge last week but already community members are abuzz with concern about the project last night a group of protesters gathered outside of city hall waving homemade signs with inane slogans and hurling themselves against the walls of the building When interviewed this morning, not a single protester expressed any recollection of the preceding events. The disheveled and drained activists did, however, each mention a figure following them, looming always at the edge of their vision. What could this mean? I don't know. You don't know. I will get to the bottom of it. This is 8th Griffith of the Veritas Hour. More on this story as it develops. And we see the on-air light flip off on your studio. Tell me a little bit about your studio. Yeah, I actually did choose um, for my uh, for my under my gear. I actually chose a Spartan studio. When I say Spartan, this is for those days where he gets so terribly into 
tomorrow's story or, you know, his own curiosity just drives him and he all of a sudden looks at the clock and realizes, oh, it's too late to even go home now. I've got, to, you know, I'll just, I'll just crash on the couch. So it's got like the little, it's got the little booth there with his stool and the microphone and the on-air light. And then, and then just like in the far back corner, there's like a, there's like a really small couch with a coffee maker and a hot plate. And like, he's got a, he's got a little overnight kit bag that he keeps there and incredible and this is and it's described as like a rundown studio so so yeah this this is not the most well kept up you know the the you know the wallpaper hasn't been changed in forever it's like this dull <laughs> red color and and you know it's 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 falling apart in places like there's holes in one or two of the ceiling tiles things like that but yeah at, at a pinch he can um he can camp out here which he has done i'd like to think that um i'd like to think that in the past people have just like townspeople have just knocked on the door being like hey ace so you in there he's like um, yeah i'm here yeah i'm good mm. It's funny you should mention that because there is in fact a knock at the door. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the air, um, the on-air light is off. He, he takes in this deep breath. <sighs> not bad, Ace. Not bad. And <laughs> and he'll uh, he'll stand and walk to the door, and he'll uh, just out of habit. Uh, it's got a little spy hole in it. He looks out. Who is there at the door? No one. No one. <laughs> hmm. Uh. As you peer through the spy hole, however, you see a piece of paper start to kind of push underneath the door. And it bunches up on itself, kind of like curls up on itself and then stretches back out and then curls back up on itself and it inches its way into the room, uh, much like a worm. Uh, and you see that it is branded with the seal from, uh, oh, sorry, question for you all. Do you want to name your strange, surreal suburban town, or do you want to go with the generic Absurdia? I mean, having its own name would be cool. I'm just not sure. It'd be funny if we called it, like, Veilthorn or something. Uh, <laughs> Veilthorn. Veilthorn, I Welcome like it. Welcome to Veilthorn. I mean, we can yes. if we want to. This is absurd, so we could just do it backwards. Okay. okay. Uh, it has the uh, the seal of the Veilthorn City Hall on there. Okay, I, I'm picturing I'm picturing like twining vines or something, something with thorns in it. Um, yeah. So so yeah, he looks down at this, and um, I think he's a bit surprised because with his you know he's you know he's well known and everything, but he's not like rich or part of the bureaucracy or anything. So to receive a letter like this uh, definitely piques his his curiosity. Yeah, I think he'll just he'll reach down and. and pick it up very close very carefully he he goes over to uh like his work desk he's got a little letter opener on there opens and opens the letter what uh what is it what does it say the missive uh wriggles a bit in your hand when you pick it up but you can see that it is a short uh one might even describe it as terse letter from city hall specifically from the code compliance division from Code Compliance Officer Preston Scott. Oh boy. <laughs> Why don't you just tell us a little bit about Preston real quick? Preston and Ace have, um, their relationship is interesting because they were once, uh, they were once very good friends. They were both up and comers 
in in the broadcasting industry. They both had a great passion for it. They loved it. But eventually, when it came time to assign the uh, the new head of the uh, radio station, uh, I was chosen. And he actually always has, uh, Preston has always kind of held spite, uh, spite for me because of that. Plus, now he has, he has gone on to be, be like the, the radio personality for like the bureaucracy in town, you know, like the, I'm sort of like the, the everyman, you know, voice of the people locally. And he's like, he works for the big shots now, so he makes he makes more money than I do. He's got more means than I do, and yet he still holds spite for me for a job that he initially wanted. So he takes every opportunity he can to discredit me when possible. So, so he's like the press secretary, basically. Yeah, he's he's basically head of like PR for the okay um, for bio, for the communications direc- yeah. director. Yeah. Yeah, the so it is a uh, very short letter. Uh, the the letterhead and and sort of like uh, header and footer take up more than the text of this letter, which says, uh, "Mr. Griffin, I know you want to go to the bridge. Do not go to the bridge. You are forbidden from going to the bridge. No good awaits you at the bridge. Seriously, do not go to the bridge." Signed. Sincerely, Mr. Scott. Uh, okay. Um, I think I think he's a, he just looks down at this and he's he reads through it, gets to the end. He just kind of shakes shakes his head, kind of pityingly. He's like, "Oh, pressy, pressy, pressy. You should know by now. The one thing you don't do is tell me not to do something." And he he immediately like. He he crumples the letter. He drops it into the into the waste bin, or maybe it's like a futuristic one with like maybe it incinerates in this in this deal. There's and a small guy gonna... as the paper worm burns. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna uh, say you're gonna kill living paper, man. I mean, hey, I mean it's 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 from it's from a guy who hates my guts, and I don't like him either. So, <laughs> so yeah, especially hearing hearing this being like. Oh, uh, yeah, this is, yep, this is, yeah. Uh, and he realizes, yes, this could be a, could be a trap, absolutely, but his curiosity has always been stronger than pretty much any other instinct. He gathers up his, um, his gear, and, uh, I know I wasn't, I wasn't sure if we had actual cars here, or can we just say we had them if they weren't listed in gear? Uh, cars have a tendency to spontaneously gain sentience and okay um, well then prey well, then, upon people well then so... never mind he, he uh, he's a, all right he's a he's a believer in in the power of his own feet yep <laughs> bicycles non-combustion entities work well okay okay yeah i i think he um if if possible i'll say he has um i'll say he has a bike okay it's like it's just like a regular old bike uh but he he might cut a rather odd figure uh going through town because i uh people who have listened to enough of our shows by now know that i have a slight tendency to create characters with very interesting uh wardrobes and that was a generous use of the word slight (laughs) hey i mean i mean okay to be fair my characters for my characters for emerald valley and tomb of the giant were very tame by comparison to some others okay yeah (laughs) so he's he's on this bike uh heading towards the towards the bridge and anyone looking out of a window would see 
in aesthetic, think of it like the uh, the uh, the the split in half the split in half suit from Two Face, right? Except that the colors are red and black. So red on one side and black on the other. It's like a fashionable, <laughs> like down down to his shoes. It's like it's like the whole uh, the whole deal, red and black, and also. Uh, he also wears gloves. He's a little bit of a germaphobe, so he he wears uh, he wears gloves. But oddly, on on the red side, he wears the black glove. On the on the uh, on the black side, he wears the red glove. And, Naturally. And then he, uh, in appearance, he's this um, he's a fairly shorter. Like I put him at five. Uh, yeah, he's 35 years old. Five uh, eight is his height, and people are gonna get mad because you said that's shorter. Well, I said, <laughs> yeah, shorter. Five eight. Okay, I had the same conversation with Susanna about Deepalo. <laughs> I mean, based on my height, that is shorter. Hey, spoilers. Okay. Yeah, you guys are. Tall. We're all giants. We're all six foot or over, except for Hannah. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, I'm with you. I am under six foot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, he's got like this short cropped, uh, curly black hair going on, uh, kind of a round boyish face, very still very young looking, um, and then he also has um, uh, his his beard is like a little bit blonde. He's got a short blonde beard. So anybody looking out uh, would see this, but of course, to people in this town, that's not odd at all. It's just it's just something that happens because he like people know him around here. It's just something he does. <laughs> totally normal he's yep he's going he's going straight to the he's going straight for the bridge yep all right uh and we see you and your eclectic outfit uh cycling down the street and we uh fade away and fade in onto another scene theodore hello you are in your boss's office Hmm. and it's not great Mm-hmm. Uh, the the stayed windowless facility uh, is filled with filing cabinets upon filing cabinets, many of which are open to uh, abnormal lengths uh, and creened over in, in strange angles. Uh, files are sort of bouncing in and out of them, uh, kind of like doing jumping jacks almost as uh, papers flip back and forth in between them. Uh, and at the desk in the center of the room is your supervisor at the DOT, Marla Hinkle. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your rival, Marla. So, Marla and I used to work together. And we got along okay, I guess. And then she stole my stapler. No. <laughs> which was just an unforgivable offense. A cardinal mm. sin in the bureaucracy. And, yes. uh-huh. Since then, I have kept it not only on my desk when I am at work, but on my person at all times. And to make matters worse, we both put in for the same promotion, and Marla got it. Mm. <gasps> and I was passed over. Yeah. Marla is a supervising construction manager at the DOT. And Mm -hmm. uh, she is speaking to you through a uh, small storm of papers that are kind of flitting around. And every once in a while, she'll like 
dart a hand out with a pen and scratch her signature onto one of them, uh, or like make a notation on another one. Um, you can scarcely see her face, although you can definitely hear her voice as she uh, chastises you, saying, "Theodore, Theodore, are you Theodore? Are you paying attention, Theodore?" Yes. Theodore. Um, this. Um... What happened with this bridge project? Did you not? Did you not do the public outreach that we talked about? Flyering. I going door to door. I did. I social did. media. Oh well. Well then, not, why not is why is the community up in arms, Theodore? They were hurling themselves know. out. I I was here late last night, and I looked down. Uh, not my window, obviously. I have to reach uh, level seventy-eight before I can get a window. But uh, I looked down <laughs> the communal window in the break room, and I <laughs> saw them hurling themselves at City Hall in in protest of your bridge. How could this happen, Theodore? Theodore. Well. I wouldn't call it my bridge, exactly. It's your project! I mean, I am the head of it, but there are many people in charge. The of buck the bridge. stops with the project manager, Theodore! Hmm. Well, I am not the only one in charge here. Well, you better but have a I good am explanation. Not sure why they are doing such. Why don't you go ahead and roll your introductory move here? Oh, okay. What is that? So I have a move called Orders from Upstairs. I'll read it out really quickly because, again, I think you did a wonderful job writing out everything here. Everyone answers to someone in the bureaucracy. At the start of each session, if you don't have an assignment from your superiors, roll plus bureaucracy. On a 10 plus, you'll receive an ordinary assignment along with some resources to accomplish it. If you have any capital boxes marked, erase one mark. On a 7 to 9, you are given a tough assignment and a shoestring budget. On a miss, the bureaucracy demands something horrible, impossible, or both. If you fail or refuse an assignment, mark one capital. Can you explain real quick what capital is? Capital is, is your is playbook-specific essence. essence. Yes. So. Yes. Okay. Bureaucrats are powered by political capital. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, and I roll plus bureaucracy. Yes, which is one of your factions. And I have ratings. a plus one in that. We all start out with like a, the, the things are bureaucracy, community, entropy, and underbelly. I have a one in bureaucracy, a zero in community and entropy, and a negative one in underbelly. So I have a plus one. So I will go ahead and roll that. What did you get? I had to show Andrew. I, I rolled uh, boxcars for my first roll. Oh! <laughs> so okay. that was a 13. Nice. So what do you say to Marla? Remind me the question. Uh, explain yourself. <laughs> Why are there protesters on, like, about your bridge? Well, I personally, I think it's sabotage. I think one of the other departments is jealous of my beautiful bridge and they have somehow encouraged the public to protest against it well it wouldn't be the first time that another department enlisted the public's aid in slandering the department of transportation mm -hmm. so plausible all right well nonetheless theodore i will need you to get to the bottom of it 
address the public's concerns and figure out uh, who who wronged us this way. I will begin my investigation. Excellent. Dismissed. Right up until I started that, I was going to do a Midwestern accent. And, um, I can't. Defaulted to Southern. I <laughs> Just default. <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay. Let's jump to... I'm actually going to do Marv and Hendrix together. Okay. Ah. Oh, okay. As we open on uh, the auto dealership. Okay. The auto dealership sits, I think. Well, Andrew, is there anything that you you uh, want to establish about the auto dealership? It's kind of connected to your character. Yeah. So I, um, it's it's kind of connected to my character because of one of my friends slash rivals. Um, basically, I think the auto dealership. You've already established that cars and other vehicles, combustion engines, are. Uh, basically sentient and they're they're kind of dangerous they they sometimes even hunt people so yeah. i think the i think the auto dealership is more akin to like a vet veterinarian than it is and maybe even animal control like i think it's got like a dual animal yeah. control for ferals and uh veterinarian for tamed uh vehicles so I think of it like an animal sanctuary almost. Yes. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So they've probably got like uh maybe even they're a triple purpose. They've got like a zoo almost, you know, for yeah. you to, to come see the wild uh, Volkswagen, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and such. So I think um, it's just as far as like, that's kind of like what its purpose is. I think that, um, you know, it's got like a, a waiting room, you know, more, uh, you know, you, you've got people in there. It's like a, Gosh, because we're talking about vehicles, I think it's like an outdoor waiting room almost. So like you've basically got like the counter is like in like an overhang. So it's like this overhang area and you're in the shade and you're sitting there with like parked cars and like they're humans sitting next to them on a bench or something, you know, and like uh, in my case, you know, Marv would be there with Lars. So Lars, the scooter is just kind of parked next to me while I'm waiting for our turn for his uh, for his uh, monthly checkup. Yeah. So we see the auto dealership it's a it's a large you know rather expansive space uh there's a variety of uh enclosures with different automotive vehicles of varying sizes and makes and models we see beatrice uh your friend who owns the auto dealership and uh you know she i think she just maybe finished up or no she's waiting to to see Lars, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're in the, the waiting area. There's not a, a whole lot of people here, uh, but she's currently uh, negotiating with kind of a kind of a shady looking individual. Hannah, do you want to tell us a little bit about your friend, <laughs> uh, Sawyer? Oh, Sawyer, okay. Okay, so yeah, Sawyer is a shady supplier, but he's my friend. So I uh, wasn't as prepared as the others and didn't really write anything down That's okay. <laughs> as far as how I know Sawyer, um, but he, he's my buddy, so. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in fact, Sawyer brought you along as part of this negotiation uh, as his second, just to make sure that 
nothing nothing goes awry. Sawyer's got uh, a, a big, big duffel bag, and you can see peeking out of it, there's like a tailpipe. And it looks, it's it's bulging in uh, ways that look uh, decidedly vehic vehicular. Uh, it looks like there's maybe a tire stuffed in this thing. We we see uh, standing behind Sawyer, uh, Hendrix. And we hear the conversation between Sawyer and Beatrix. Beatrice? Getting Hendrix and Beatrix, Beatrice Beatrice. confused. <laughs> <laughs> Beatrix, yeah, yep. yeah, yep. <laughs> and they finish negotiating their business, and uh, Sawyer forks forks over uh, a few uh, parts, different automotive parts, and you hear them start talking about an incident that happened uh, recently, uh, last night, in fact, uh, just outside of of City Hall. A group of people stormed City Hall in in, in protest of this uh, new bridge that's under construction. Uh, and Beatrice, in fact, was among the group. I think Sawyer raises it. I'm not gonna... We'll get to character voices in a minute if we need to, but I don't like playing out NPC conversations yeah. with myself. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Beatrice was among the, the protesters, and she, she has no... By golly, I have no recollection of last night at all. I was... Uh, going out for a walk, I was walking Melly, my Roomba, uh, <laughs> uh, out, and uh, you know I was uh, I was walking by the river, and uh, that's that's the last thing I remember. And then I woke up this morning outside of City Hall. At this point, I'll uh, I turn it over to uh, Hendrix and Marv. I, I think you've noticed each other, and uh, y'all uh, just mm -hmm. to establish, y'all know each other. You can decide if you're, we're not going to do full mm -hmm. bonds, backgrounds um, from the playbooks, but y'all have met, y'all know each other. You can decide if you're friends or rivals or, or whatever. But uh, gotcha. yeah, uh, this conversation is, is currently playing okay. out and the two of you are in the waiting room of the auto dealership. So I think Marv, uh, you know, he was is kind of waiting his turn. I think he was maybe next there. There's probably some kind of bureaucratic system in place to kind of choose who's next. I don't know if it's it's not going to be as simple as taking a number, but regardless of what that system is, it's escaping me right now. I uh, I know I'm next. I think I'm like in the area, so I like I think I'm like standing with Lars and just kind of waiting my turn. So I kind of overhear this conversation, and I just uh, I'll just like cut in and I'll just say, um, "B, you said you uh, you don't remember." Uh, no, I I have no no recollection. Like I said, I was just walking Melly here. And she pets a Roomba that's kind of sitting lazily on the, the front desk of the <laughs> auto dealership. Uh, and it makes a few beeps. <laughs> I think Lars has been trying to play with the Roomba. Uh, but the Roomba's not, Roomba's not into it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Beatrice continues, uh, yeah, I was just, I was out for a walk. And, uh, and next thing I know, I was just laying flat on my back, bruised and battered outside of City Hall. No, no earthly notion what what went hap happened, but um, yeah, it's it's the well. I mean, it's hardly the weirdest thing in this town, but it it was a bit peculiar. You know, hmm. maybe they deployed the the forgetful fog again, but oh. uh, I heard they were trying to use that less budget cuts and all. 
Well, I would hope they'd be using that list because that stuff is uh, mighty fierce. Definitely. I don't like Definitely. that much myself. Uh, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear that, B. Oh, it's, it's no worries. Uh, plus side, I've got the, the parts that I need to fix up uh, old Lars here. Hmm. Just uh, j just now you got the parts, and he's kind of like looking over at uh, Hendrix and Sawyer. <laughs> uh, it, yep. All right. Uh, Hendrix just I, like uh... squints her eyes a little bit at him. <laughs> sure you don't mind if I uh, take a look myself, just uh, check them out. You know, I, you know I know my business. Oh, sure, take a look. Uh, and she hands you the spark plug. <laughs> <laughs> the spark plug. <laughs> I don't think scooters have spark plug spark plugs, but I'm not backing down from this. I'm rolling oh, with it. <laughs> you this he thought you said bark plug. No, he did say bark plug. Uh, I meant yeah. spark plug, but I, uh, maybe <laughs> no, I said no, bark plug. No, it's it's a bark plug because this is because Lars is like a dog basically a in, in demeanor. Uh -huh. So yes, amazing. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. it's a, a vocal component. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's how he uh, that's how he makes sounds at me and stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, yeah, I'm looking at this bark plug. Uh, I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna say that it's probably a good part. I don't know where it came from, but. I mean, I'm, gonna say, I'm, I'm just going to say, puts a hand on, like, her hip and, like, looking at him, like, really, like, you're doubting whether it's a good part or not, <laughs> but she doesn't say anything. <laughs> um, I, I will say that uh, Marv, uh, I, I, I think we're actually kind of friends because are you underbelly? Is that your faction? Yeah, both of you are underbelly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also yes. underbelly, so... I think that uh, Marv is not, uh, not a stranger to getting... Um, I'll say, um, shoot, I have a better word than this. Secondhand parts. <laughs> the, the source of his parts, you know, sometimes they're um, of ill repute or um, undiscernible origin, and he'll I mean, he'll, he'll take what he can. You live in a junkyard. I do live in a junkyard. Most of what I work with is trash. You know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, but anyways, um, he's looking over this bark plug and I, I think it's a good park. I part, I think you and me uh, are probably pretty good friends. Uh, we probably have similar, uh, similar thoughts about things like the bureaucracy and whatnot. And, yeah. um, he just says, uh, yeah, it looks like a mighty fine part right there. I, uh, just like checking, you know, I, I want to make sure that everything that's going in my boy here is, uh, up to snuff. Beatrice screams at the top of her lungs. Oh, um, uh, I'm not gonna do it because I... I don't want to peek the mic. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, I'm gonna look around. Like, what's what's going on besides her screaming? Uh, she like whips to the right, uh, and kind of looks like past Sawyer, almost like to the um the far corner of the waiting area. Uh, and then she she stares for a second and then shakes her head a little bit, and then I think she pulls out like a pocket square and like dabs her her face a little bit. It's like. Oh gosh, I'm I I am so sorry. I thought I, uh, I thought I saw something, uh, but I guess I didn't. Uh, been happening a lot this morning. Um, but uh, just this morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, this morning. Huh. Really, really big, tall figure, just kind of like at the the edge of my my vision. Uh, just looming and staring, really bulging eyes. But, uh, yeah, 
whenever I turn to look at him, he, he's not there. That's not concerning at all. You have nothing to worry about. Oh, thank, no, I, thank you. I, thank I you think for that, that reassurance. I'm glad it's nothing to worry about. Can you display some credentials, <laughs> little lady? No. No credentials. I'm sorry. Bad joke. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, something's wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. This this just screams of something that the bureaucracy's cooking up to me. They must have been fiddling with with something going on around here. Also, I was also going to do a southern accent, but now that we have, like, at least two, <laughs> I have changed my mind. Veilthorn is canonically located in the south. In the south. Yeah. yeah. I apologize I get, for stealing that, Hannah. I get a sympathetic southern accent. Like, if y'all mm. are doing them, it's, I'm going to fall into one. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to no, Susanna does that a lot. I do, accent. yeah. I'm a chameleon. I just match the accents of people around me. It's hard when I'm trying to do a specific accent and someone's doing it. Uh-huh. You see Sawyer uh, on on his way out, uh, nodding approvingly. Yeah, those darn suits. <laughs> <laughs> they really crimp my style. Uh, Sawyer, I've decided, is uh, a lizard. He's a lizard person. <laughs> a lizard man, yes. That sounds That makes right. perfect sense. That's he is a humanoid sense. lizard. <laughs> Okay. All right, then. I dig yep. it. I love that a humanoid lizard is my friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and he flicks his tongue out as he opens the door and uh, slips, slinks his way out. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think that Marv is going to turn back to Beatrice and just say, um, so you said that was uh, going on since this morning, right? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And... Yesterday, you had a incident where you don't remember what you did at City Hall. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I'm telling you, these things are related. I mean, they, they gotta be. Well, I mean, it's not the first time I've blacked out with no explanation and uh, not had any recollection. It's usually the forgetting fog, but... And that's fair. I think we've all experienced that, but this sounds different. Could be. I, hmm. you know, if, I mean, if you've got time, I, uh, I put this one on the house. If you want to go, uh, poke around, figure out maybe what happened, it would, it would put my mind at ease, certainly. Oh, I, I could definitely do that for you. I, uh, I got nothing better to do. I mean, I could always hold off on my next project until a little later. I, I'd be mighty grateful. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let you take care of my boy here and, uh. We'll uh, we'll go we'll, we'll go look into this. Oh, huh. no! Don't uh, don't worry about it. This this is easy. Uh, and she plugs the. I guess we're going with bark plug. She yeah. Plugs the bark plug, <laughs> um, into like a a spare socket. Inexplicably, in, inexplicably, there's like a a cigarette lighter, like a car one that's not being used for anything. And she plugs yeah. the bark plug in, and Lars. Uh, bark several times. Nice. Hmm. Right. Well, that seemed. Uh, it seems. Uh. Seems like that's good. Yeah. You can. You can understand him now. You speak bark. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I'm quite. Oh good. Fooled. Oh good. All right. Well. And I bark. Uh, I bark back. And. Uh, excellent. Andrew, Lars, please Lars, bark. Lars picks up. He knows what I'm throwing <laughs> down. He. He knows what I said. 
Yeah, the he circles you a few you know, times though. and he circles you a few times and then uh, leans. His kickstand pops out and he leans up against you. Aw. I uh, I scritch him behind the handlebars. The engine hums approvingly. But yeah, no. So I uh, I look over at Hendrix, um, who I, I think we're friends. Like we haven't really established exactly kind of what kind of past we have, but uh, I think Marvel look over at you, Hendrix, and just say, um, "You uh you wouldn't mind coming and helping me out with this, would you?" Oh, not at all. Could always use a uh, anything tried to find some dirt on the bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll expose them for what they are and uh, show the town what they're doing this time. All right, and uh, we see the two of you head out of the auto dealership uh, and towards the bridge. All right. Smash cut to the bridge. <laughs> Where, in perfect timing, uh, we see all four of you rendezvous. <laughs> I'd like to say I kickflip into frame on my skateboard. <laughs> well, you and I are probably both like traversing from the auto dealerships. Like I'm riding Lars, so you're probably uh, skateboarding along beside me. And then I arrive yeah, on my electric bicycle. Boo. Also in a suit. Hmm. <laughs> Not as cool as an electric scooter and skateboard. Do you, do you have a helmet? I never claimed to be cool. And Ace arrives on his regular bicycle. Yes, I have a regular. I have a regular bicycle, but I think in true uh, in true fashion to match the outfit, it's a half and half. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> Amazing. In front of you, you see the bridge, or at least the starts of it. Uh, the project only broke ground last week, so it's basically the the launch, the landing for the bridge, and it extends, you know, maybe 10 feet out with some support beams, uh, and then there's... There's nothing there, except on the other side, you see something similar. The bridge is meant to span over the Eternal Rail Yard. Obviously, no one has entered or left town for as long as anyone can remember, but there is a rail yard, uh, and it is periodically visited by trains, which appear out of nowhere, run full steam through the rail yard, uh, and then disappear uh, also into nowhere. You know, this is wildly dangerous. So City Hall uh, has has opted to build a, a bridge over this facility, for lack of a better word. So down below, um, you know, there's a pretty wide gap between the two sides of this bridge, but down below you can see the Eternal Rail Yard. On this side of the bridge, you can also see a few members of uh, the bureaucracy, specifically the Code Compliance Division, all wearing uh, suits and ties perfectly pressed, extremely uh, dour and and boring and bland. Their facial features are so nondescript as to be unrecognizable. Uh, when you look at them, it, you, you know they have a face, but the moment you look away, you couldn't possibly tell what their face looks like. <laughs> there are a handful of them interviewing a number of people, including some that uh, you all recognize. Frank Wells, the bicycle activist, a young hooligan by the name of Mick. Mm. The friendly town librarian, Iris Clarion. Mm -hmm. And a uh, large robot wearing overalls named Gary. Screw Gary. <laughs> Gary. 
Hate that guy. Uh, there are a handful of other people as well. Um, it's, you know, a fairly decent-sized crowd. Uh, maybe two dozen folks. But those are the ones you recognize. Uh, thus is the scene. What would you all like to do? So we all roll up to this group of people on the bridge. I think um, since I came in with Hendrix, um, like, I think we're all kind of in the general area right now, but we're still nearby. And I think he's just going to, Marv's just going to whisper over to Hendrix. He's just going to say, see, I told you that they were all uh, up to something here. Yeah. This group can't be up to anything good. Nah, not if they got Gary here. And Mick. Ugh. I am going to go put my bicycle in like an approved like bicycle parking spot and wrap a heavy bicycle lock around it. Okay. Hendrix rolls her eyes. So secured. Very secured. <laughs> and I think I am going to push the kickstand on, on my bike and like he doesn't really care. So he's going to just like... It's on the lawn or like in the street on the side of the road or something. Um, oh, that's not. It, wait, I was about to say you're gonna flagrantly break. No, that, that's not acceptable. That I'm gonna walk over to him. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Yes. Oh. There is a, a bicycle receptacle right over there. You are welcome to use it, but I would ask you to not put it here. Hmm. Touchy. All right, fine. And he'll kind of he'll wheel it over and lock it up and everything. And then he'll turn and he um he's he's going uh, he's walking straight for uh, he's walking straight for Iris because he knows that she is usually a wealth of information and might have more about what's going on here. Oh, um, hello, Ace. Good to see you again. Iris, hello. <laughs> Uh, you might have might have heard uh, heard my broadcast this morning. I uh, I had heard what was going on, but uh, haven't heard any updates. I knew you you would probably know something about what's going on. How long have you been here? What's 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 been going on here? Yes, um, the co-compliance officers thought that perhaps bringing us back to the the bridge might elicit some uh, recollection. Unfortunately, uh, it it uh, really has not. I don't... I, I have no problem with the bridge. I don't know why I would have uh, caused any kind of uh, commotion or, or uproar uh, related to it. But um, mm. yes, they, 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 uh, have, they have opted to uh, return us here in, in hopes that it would elicit something. Uh, I'm afraid, unfortunately, it has not. Really? Hmm. Well, it's not the first time that the bureaucrats have done something that is not in the best interests of the people, if that was indeed them, which, you know, let's be honest, it probably was. Are you sure you don't, you don't truly recall anything whatsoever? I know that's what, uh, no, no, no judgments upon you should you not recall. I, I, I know I, I even reported that myself earlier, which I understand, but I, you, 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 you know me. I mean, I, 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 I like to I like to know these things. I know them, and I and I have my um, I get onto I get onto the Veritas Hour, and I tell everyone. Then they know. See, it's a it's a give and take kind of thing. Oh, I uh, no, Ace, I'm, I'm I'm not withholding anything from uh, well from anyone really. Certainly not uh, not code compliance, not the bureaucracy, and not hmm. you either. Uh, but uh, I I promise I would tell you if I if I remembered anything. Oh my God! Ah. Uh. Sorry, I thought I thought I thought I saw something. <laughs>
Um, he kind of he kind of raises an eyebrow and he says, "You say you don't recall, but uh, hu- humor me for for just for just one moment. Um, you 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 thought you you thought you saw something. How, how would you describe this this something?" Uh, just, yes, just, just now. now. You, you, you glanced. Uh, was it behind me or to my side? I, I, was, I couldn't tell. Uh, um, yes, I, I uh, thought I saw a very, very large, uh, I think, man, uh, with big eyes, and uh, he was sort of looming, leering. But uh, I, 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 when I, I looked, he, he wasn't there. Hmm. Well. I'd suggest, at some point, uh, that, <laughs> you know I like to watch after my friends, so I might humbly suggest that you ensconce yourself within the library with a hot cup of tea in the future, and not that, not that I am saying to stop being curious, of course, do so, but, but thank you, thank you, I'll, I'll, I'll get to work myself on this and see what I can come up with as well. Good, good, very good. Yes, okay. And yeah, I think he's just kind of drifting, maybe through the, through the crowd now. And and uh, I actually have a move that, if you'll allow me, I would like, to, I would maybe want to catch one of the, um, catch one of the bureaucrats and see what, what I can get out of them. Uh, I do want to give some space to anyone else who not, wants not, to do not, something. Not immediately following, just just in general. Um. Okay, yeah, totally. Um, if anyone else would like to do something, and then I think I have the, I think I have a bumper Great. ready okay. whenever. Well, I guess um, after I've made sure that he he put his bike away where it's supposed to be, um, I'm gonna go over to the code compliance fellas. I think there's three of them, and when they see your municipally issued uh, nameplate. They pull out uh, like three badges uh, and like printer paper. They all kind of like unfold down to the ground and they keep going until the one whose uh, sort of cardstock extends the longest reaches its endpoint and then that compliance officer uh, steps forward and they address you. (laughs) DOT employee. Uh, hello. I've been... This is your project. Uh, yes. Uh, I was sent by my supervisor to, uh, come ascertain what exactly has been going on here. They pull out a notebook, uh, and look at it, and then they look at you, and they scratch something off of it and say... You are permitted. Good to know. Do any of you fine fellas have any information about what happened here? Last night, a group of people gathered outside of City Hall. They bore signs protesting this bridge. They hurled themselves against the wall of City Hall. Until they lost consciousness... Upon waking, they had no memory of the events. We have returned them to the bridge to see if it elicits any emotional or cognitive response. Thus far, results have not been promised.
promising. And as far as you are aware, was there any forgetting gas used? Why don't you give me a roll to gather information? Okay. When you hit the streets looking for information, name a contact or a faceless member of the bureaucracy <laughs> and roll with their faction. All right. Uh, so this is a faction move. So you will roll with the faction of the target of your move, which in this case is bureaucracy. All righty, cool. Will do. I got a nine. Okay. On a seven and nine, uh, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. Uh, I think the officer looks at you for a moment and says, there are no records of the forgetting fog present at any of the locations from last night's events. Hmm. No records. Well, we know how fickle records can be. The records <laughs> of City Hall are absolute. The records are truth. Of course. Well, thank you. I'm gonna head over and talk to some of the folks over there. Uh, they don't say anything, they just leave. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting them to talk to me again. <laughs> I love these guys. <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm actually not gonna do that. I'm gonna go inspect the bridge itself. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's jump back to you in a minute. Okay. Uh, Hendrix and Marv, what are you doing? I mean, for me, I think, honestly, I'm trying to just watch and see what's going on. I don't think I'm trying to get involved because I see a lot of bureaucracy types in the area right now. And right now I've jumped to the conclusion that this is all their fault. So I'm trying to see what they're doing first, I think, before engaging. Yes. Looking for information to prove our theory that this is their fault. Yes. <laughs> why don't you give me a roll? If you're really kind of like hanging back and surveying, why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? All right. I am actually pretty good at this one because that is one of my good, uh, that's my good stat. So assess reality says when you carefully study a situation looking for more information, roll plus wits. And then I get holds based on how I roll. So I got an 11. Hold All two. Right. Um, the questions you can ask are, what happened here? What's my best route? Are there any dangers I haven't noticed? What here is useful or valuable to me? What here is not what it appears to be? Or who or what is really in control? Hmm. Okay. Well, I've heard from my good friend Beatrice that there's some kind of figure that she sees in the edge of her vision. And actually... Didn't Ace's report this morning also mention that some of the people were, were noting that? Yes. So yes. I would say that, you know, I live in this town. I probably uh, have a radio in my junkyard. I probably heard that broadcast. So I'll say that I, Reasonable. I'll say that it's probably feasible that I, you know, that, that could be a reason why I was relating the two earlier when I was talking with Beatrice. So I think my first question is going to be, what here is not what it appears to be? We're talking about a weird figure that people can't see i uh i'm wondering if maybe i can find some kind of uh evidence of that or just other things that don't seem right um do you want me to ask both questions or ask one at a time no no you can you can okay. do it one at a time so what i'll say for what here is not what it appears to be there are enough people here who 
were present at the events last night, and you watch for long enough that you see all of them, you know, scream at and recoil at the sight of something at the edge of their vision, and it's not there. Uh, like, it's just okay. <laughs> so, like, you're watching from far enough away, and you see enough people. You've got the... You got the angles hmm. here to see, like that. That is not what it appears to be. There's no one at the edge of their. Vision. Okay, okay. I don't know if I can ask this question, but just to clarify, like, are they all looking at like a um, an intersecting angle? So like they would all be looking at supposedly the same figure. No, okay. that's part of how you can okay. tell. Is like they're looking in different right. direction, like. Gotcha. Yeah, just it doesn't add. But up. They, they all have like an incident where they all react to something. At it sounds like the same time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think the other question I'm going to ask then is, I want to know what happened here. Like that's kind of the main reason I'm here. I'm just I'm not sure if it is something I can really ask in this situation, just based on what I'm looking at. With you know everyone being at the bridge, these people react. You know, I'm I'm just not sure if that will get if that makes sense in the situation. I'll give you the best answer for whatever one you want to ask, but you're probably right okay, in okay. that line of yeah. thinking. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, I think what I'm going to go with then is I will I will still ask what happened here. Okay. I think what you see is... I think it rained last night. I think it's kind of muddy. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, all of the traffic, the foot traffic here has, uh, you know, probably worsened the situation somewhat. Um, But what you do see is, like, a lot of walking paths that kind of, like, approach the bridge from a variety of different angles. But all of them leave the bridge going the same direction, which is towards City Hall. Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. So I I note all of this, but I'll I'll, I'll let other people do things before I... Yeah, let's... Hendrix, what are you up to? Uh, I was kind of doing this. I was hanging out with Marv, so I was kind of doing the same thing. So I was wondering if you'd want me to roll for uh, assess reality sure, as well. Sure, if you'd like to. Okay. Uh, I have zero wits, and I rolled a six. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this this evokes one of my favorite miss moves. On a miss, you might reveal crucial information, or the GM might have you ask two questions but give you some or all of the answers that are inaccurate. So uh, pick two questions, <laughs> ask them both, but some or all of the answers I give you uh, will be wrong. Oh, wonderful. Great. Okay. But it could I be some, so you too. can't totally trust it. <laughs> or you can't totally mistrust it either. Right, because some of it could be true. Yes. Hmm. All right. So real quick, I just have to say that that was very ingenious of you to, to write it that way. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with what here is useful or valuable to me <laughs> for my first one. Or oh, it is two, yeah, right? Ask yeah, them both two. at the yeah. same time, Monomus. Okay. What here is useful or valuable to me, and are there any dangers I haven't noticed? There are a lot of people here who are, uh, you know, kind of distracted and uh, generally in in disarray. You're pretty sure you could probably nick some useful stuff off of them if uh, 
if you were careful and cautious about it. <laughs> and did you ask what's the biggest threat? Uh, I asked... Useful uh, or valuable. If there's any dangers we haven't noticed. You keep catching the code compliance officers looking your direction. Hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> you're, you're pretty sure... Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to tell because, like, you're not... Like, you're not 100% sure they have eyes. <laughs> like, you swear when but you're looking at them, them they have eyes, but then when you look <laughs> away and you try to imagine their face, they aren't there. Um, but you're pretty sure they're eyeing you. Hmm, okay. Interesting. Marvin Hendricks, as the two of you are... Uh, surveying the scene, you start to hear uh, loud, loud noises, uh, raised voices from uh, a, a distance away. And behind you, further in town, uh, you see a crowd of people, and they're carrying signs and and waving them, and they're they're chanting. Um, and you can uh -oh. see that they are bearing protest signs uh, and chanting protest slogans. Uh, and the one that catches your eye first says, Down with the Veritas Hour. <gasps> oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Theodore, as you approach the bridge, you look out. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be a ride, like an arched bridge, so... Uh, you're kind of staring directly into the rail yard. Uh, and as you do, one of the trains rolls in. Uh, and it's, like, it, it very close and extremely loud. You're, you're, you sort of stumble back just a little bit uh, as, as it begins to pass by. And through the cars, you see a towering figure leering at you. And I need you to roll to embrace chaos. Ooh. And that's where we're going to end it. Thank you.